and well for some reason my tire got too close to the edge and the edge of on the pond side gave away dropping the rear of the tractor about 18 inches so or so and toward the pond it stopped before going over the edge as i dropped the bucket to the ground soon the tractor tipped over into the pond his cab filled with water with mud and a huge machine all around he thought he was going to die he had a small pocket of air but it wasn't going to last long you can imagine what i was thinking i'm going to sit here and asphyxiate on my own air he said they are going to find me in here and this is going to be my tomb and he started to pray i needed that peace that passes all understanding so i asked for it you know what the peace came over me almost immediately i stopped panicking i stopped trying to breathe so hard because i couldn't get a full breath but i stopped panicking and my mind cleared and i could think and he thought of others too i continued to pray i prayed for my wife deborah my kids my family that god would be with them and help them through whatever the outcome would be i prayed for his will to be done i prayed that somehow some way something good would come out of this situation and god would be glorified eventually he fell unconscious but god continued to protect him when i went unconscious i should have went limp and dropped back into the water he said but god literally had to hold me back up into that air pocket rescuers arrived and assumed he was dead but discovered he was barely alive he had survived 49 degree water for three and a half hours ag daily reported he was transported to the hospital where he woke up and shocked the nurses by speaking i was like what are you all doing he said it startled them i wasn't surprised i wasn't supposed to wake up according to the nurses he thanks god for protecting him he gives speeches to churches and community groups about the incident people have said i was really lucky that i should buy lottery tickets elvin said but let me tell you this was not luck god had not had god not intervened i wouldn't be here i don't believe in luck god had done his will he had saved my life and I thought that was a good story. Right. That's a, a good people, testimony. Right. A lot of people don't do a testimony. They, you know, they say, you know, you were lucky. And they, you hear some words. How many people stop and pray? Yeah. And pray for peace. Pray for loved ones. Right. Pray for whatever God's will is. Yeah. Just so that everybody accepts it. Right. You know, I know that I pray, you know, most every day about, you know, I pray that lord bless me to know his will do his will and accept his will right. you know and that's kind of hard to you know if you know you're facing death mm -hmm. to accept right my uncle when he went in for a surgery the surgeons were so impressed because he was only given a 50 50 chance of uh, surgery being successful and while he was going in he was praying for them and they were so impressed with the fact that he was praying for them you know, so of course the surgery, you know, he didn't he didn't come out, but he left a, an impression on the staff. Mm, that's nice. I mean, that is nice. That is. And people probably remember that to, 
for years to come. Right. And instead of going to uh, some current events, I want to talk about some scriptures. Um, we, you know, last week we were talking about some scriptures that are misunderstood or misquoted or... Or, and there was one scripture, and it sticks with me. It's in Psalm 23, and it's verse 2. And I heard a preacher talk about this scripture, and, um, and I was thinking of my circumstances, you know, because I thought, well, and then I thought, well, when he said this, I don't, I don't, um, I don't know if that's really what it means. So Psalm 23, verse 2 says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and leadeth me beside the still waters. What did he say of it? So what he was saying is that if a person doesn't do what they know to do, if you, you get a, you know, like, you feel like, um, a pulling to do something and you don't do it the Lord will make you lie down he'll make you do it if he tells you to do something Whoa. and you don't do it he'll make you to do it and I'm just thinking in terms of like uh, you know people with any kind of a sickness or an illness and you know maybe you get an uh, well, if uh, if he makes you lie down in the pastures then you're blessed I mean, I mean, if he makes you lie down, he doesn't think it. So that you could get your rest. He makes you to do it. So I was thinking in terms of, like, if a person is sick or if they um, become afflicted and, and they keep doing, 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 and they don't stop and take a rest or do what they're supposed to do, that the Lord will make them do it and make them lie down in green pastures well, green to pastures. get the rest that they need to get yeah, the... Yeah, but the green pastures not going to be suffering. So, according to this person, you get sick. But that's not green pastures. That doesn't make any sense. And, and I don't see how you get rest when you're sick. It's <laughs> not necessarily an illness or whatever, but it's mm -hmm. like... Incapacitated? I don't get that. That's not green pastures. Or even, you know, it could be, I suppose. I don't know. I can't remember the entire message. And that was so long ago. But the scripture stuck with me that made me think of this. Like, to me, uh, it's like a, it's not making in the sense of forcing the person against their will or putting them in the situation. Well, God said, if you, ask, if you ask for bread, I won't give you, like, a rock or stone. If you ask me for something, he's not going to give you something that's contrary to what you're asking God for. You know, if you ask for fish, he said, I won't give you a serpent. That doesn't make any sense. So when he makes you to lie down, it's like an assurance that you are going to be blessed. The making is a... Is, is a it's so it's not a forcing. I'm going to make you laugh. You know, like you tell your children, I'm going to make you do that if you don't listen to me. You're right. No, it's not. It's not. That's almost like a punishment. No. It's like, it's like the shepherd say, I'm protecting my sheep, and they kick it in the butt. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right. Right, my he shepherd. Maketh he maketh me. me 
saying that if you are assured that you will be in green pastures. It's like he, he leads his sheep to a place where he knows it'll be nourishment. He knows they'll prosper. He knows that it's something for their benefit, for their good. And it's done for their good. It's not to make them, you know. Force you to do something. Right. It's, so that you can be blessed. Right, it's like a backhanded blessing. No, the Lord doesn't do those kind of things. Okay. Well, there's another scripture. It's in Romans chapter 3. And it's verse 23. And um, I was talking to someone a while ago. And I was, I don't know, the conversation was like, you know, I feel like sometimes I see, I, I just fall I don't come up. I don't come up all the time to, and I wasn't talking uh, spiritually all the time. You know, I, I, it's like if you have to do something and you know to do it and you don't do it, you're, you, you just don't come up to what you're supposed to be doing, you know. Anyway, um, I don't know how to explain it. Why don't we read just Romans 3.23? Romans 3.23 reads, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So when I was talking to this person, she was she was telling me, you know, I just don't feel like I come up. I don't I don't measure up. And I don't know if I was thinking about uh, comparing myself to other people, you know, or being as diligent in in I don't know, it could in finances and cleaning and you know like natural things I was talking about you know I just don't feel like I measure up I don't feel like I and then she was saying well we all fall short of God's glory and so is is that what that that doesn't mean that does no, it no no he's, he's saying that because man has fallen short all have sinned that God can justify us, God can save us, you know, if we admit that we need saving. So he, he sent Jesus to, to be our, our ransom. So it's like, it's, it's, it's not in the sense that you continue to sin, because Paul said, God forbid, that doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense, because is the Holy Ghost enough? Yes. Is the Spirit of the Lord enough to keep you and save you and keep you saved? Yes. But in order to save you and keep you saved, you have to admit you need saving. You have to admit that you have fallen short of God's plan and that you need the Lord to help you. Can you fall short of God's plan and still be saved? Not as far as holiness, but you can fall short in some things. That's why we get chastised. That's why the Lord uh, instructs us. That's why we strive to enter in. I mean, because you have to learn. It's a, it's a, it's a, Lord said he has to teach us his will. You know, he actually grooms us and molds us and he makes us. So there is, but you don't have to sin. You don't have to be at a point where you, you are out of God's favor and cut off from the Lord. But, but there are things that we have to learn. So we're not falling short of his grace, we're not falling short of salvation, but there are goals and expectations that we have to reach. 
And like Paul said, then, then he wasn't able to say when he first got saved, he fought a good fight of faith. He wasn't able to say when he was in the middle of his journey. He had to, when he actually went the distance, then he was able to say that he was ready to go and to be with the Lord. So we, we have goals and, and there are expectations that the Lord expects us to meet. He helps us get there. And those goals and expectations that we have to meet are are those things that help us grow as, as a saints individually. And so therefore what I might be, you might not. I mean, so we all have the foundation. Everybody has the foundation, which is salvation. Then you start to build their own. Then you start to build on your foundation. And everybody, and we want to build goals, but how we get to that is different for, for every person because Every person isn't going through the same type of trial or test, or, or they're not in the same circumstance. So what it takes to, to mold me wouldn't necessarily take to mold someone else. But when you're going through certain tests or trials, or you don't measure up to what you don't measure up, you know, because everybody's got a different level of abilities or gifts or talents mm -hmm. and you know you may not measure up to what their abilities are or right. gifts or talents are right but you desire to you might but that might not be what the lord intends for you just like say for instance you you can't your standard can't be based upon another person even when paul said you follow me as i follow christ the standard that a person has to measure up to is the Lord's standard. What, what you have to know, Lord, what would you have me to do? Because Paul desired to go and preach to the Jews, and the Lord said no. But you know, everybody's got an opinion about how you don't. Yeah, people have lots of opinions. Measure up, or oh my God. come up, or, and that's disconcerting. Well, it is until you reach the point where you tell people, you know, uh, that's your opinion. And I don't live based on your opinion. I, and, you know, my self-esteem, my self-worth doesn't come from your opinion. It comes from the Word of God. Now, if the Lord were to tell me that, that would be a different story. But, you know, you don't sign my paycheck, you know, so it's just your opinion. And if you never measure up, somebody else's opinion. Not every, not someone else's, but... You have to measure up to God's word. You have to tell, I tell the Lord all the time, let's be up to your word. So mm -hmm. I, I tell the Lord, justify me. So the Lord will bring you up so that you are complete. When, he, when you are through, he'll present you faultless. You know, in order to get to that place, the Lord has to mold and make you. He'll present you, present you faultless in the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Meaning that you came through, you went through, and like you said in Revelation, you held fast to the faith, you didn't deny his name, you have yet a little strength, you love the Lord with everything that you have. These are the standards that you have to meet. You love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and body. Those are the standards. So if you fall short of his glory, that means you're not saved. If you first fall short of his glory. That's why, you know, you're not falling short of his glory when you're saved. You might be falling short of what goals you set for yourself. You, the Lord has to work on you as far as so that it doesn't become a sin. You might even have to work on those things that could hinder you from being saved if the Lord didn't mold you, chastise you, and bring you into 
a revelation of what his will is. All right, there's another one in Psalms chapter 26, and it's verse 2. And, you know, we read it over and over and over. I mean, if we read the word. <laughs> you know, you read it, but is there an understanding of what we really read? Psalm 26 and 2 reads, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Okay. So I understand try my heart, try my reins. And, you know, the reins that comes to my mind, <laughs> it's kind of silly, but it's like when you're, you know, those old Western movies where you got the reins on the horses and, and, and you're hanging on to the, to the reins, but that obviously isn't what the Lord means here. But it's, it's, it's pretty close to the reins are usually associated with the kidney. You know, and it's, it's like the, the inner parts of you. It's like the, the deepest part of you, you know. The, the part that, you know, we don't really, we just think of kidneys as being a filtering system. You know, but it, but it does. It, it filters. So try my reins mean exactly? I think it has to do with getting control of the innermost part of your mind, of your will. You your know, emotions? Yeah, you, you, how you think. Not just your emotions, it's like your, 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 your inner man. Try my reins in my heart. The things that uh, cause you to make the, your, your decisions and think the way you think. You know, the reins of your mind. You know, they'll tell you. You, you get a hold of those things that, because reins guide. The things that guide you in your life. The things that make you you and make you the decisions that you make because you are who you are. And so okay, read that scripture again. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. So, if you're making bad decisions, the Lord will reveal it. So you say to it, you or to other people, or well, maybe like definitely to you before because other people they won't do you any good if they know and you don't. Yeah, it's definitely. It depends on what you feel or what you. Yeah, definitely to the person that it affects because it won't do any good if something is bothering me the way I'm thinking, my reins, the way I'm girding up the loins of my mind or the reins of my mind, and I'm not, I'm not making the right thinking decision. Thinking right. Or making the right decision for him to reveal it to somebody else and not to the person that it's affecting. He will let you know. The Lord said He would guide you. There's no way that He will leave a, a saint without knowing. He, he just won't do it. And he will let you know. And not just let you know for the sake of letting you know, but help you so that you make the right decisions. So heart and reins, so that's essentially heart and, what did you say, kidneys? Yeah, a lot of times it's associated with kidney. Yeah, and people never really think about the body organs, but they used to think that the kidneys you know, it was the center of a person's emotion, not the heart. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I wanted to t talk about uh, one more thing, but I don't know if we'll have enough time for it, and I don't have a scripture that's associated, but it has to do with praying for people who are not saved. And so you're praying for people, and and this is what I do, and I ask the Lord to bless them, to humble themselves, 
before the Lord so that he can do something with them. But if you're telling a person, like a person wants to be saved, and you say, well, you're going to have to humble yourself before the Lord, I don't know if people really know what that means. They probably don't. But you have to tell them that they're going to have to be willing to uh, give up to the Lord. They're going to have to be willing to uh, hear what the Lord has to say. And they might say, well, I am. I said, well, then you have to be willing to pray. Because they, there is a sense, I think, that everybody, when you tell them, they have to be willing to come to God and be honest in their heart and ask the Lord to help them. Say, ask God to help them. And that's the same as humbling. I told a person, you know, all you have to do is just, you know, get on your knees. I mean, it's not necessary. But that's what I was going to ask you. Humbling yourself in my brain, I'm thinking that you have to get on your knees and, right, but you, you know, come to before the Lord. Right, but you don't necessarily physically have to do that. But you might, but I told a person one time, I said, you know, if you just get on your knees and, and ask the Lord, he said, he spent his lifetime getting up off his knees, and he had no intention of getting on his knees. So not even for the Lord. So this person didn't have a humble spirit. In, in a sense, he didn't think he needed any help from God. And if that's what it would take for him to get God's attention or get the Lord to help him, he wasn't going to do it. Well, I don't know if we'll be able to finish talking about this I because I, I really want to get into detail and I want to be able to have people understand I want an understanding of exactly how do you humble yourself how does one humble themselves we'll talk about it next week praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord this week's verses of the day come from Matthew 16 24 and 25 then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Ain't God all right? God, God is all right. right. Praise the Lord and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, someone who is proud in his heart is what to the Lord? And the answer is an abomination. And this can be found in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 5, which reads, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. This week's food for thought is, when the righteous cry, what happens? Hint, the Bible, and that's food for thought.